church. This is the day that the Lord has made. Amen. We are so glad you're here. We want to welcome you to Woodland Life Center. Would you please stand with us? We're going to worship the Lord. We're going to worship the everlasting God. Amen. Have you not known? Have you not heard? The everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Strength will rise as we wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. We will wait upon the Lord. Our God, you reign
You may be seated. As we continue on with our singing today, we want to invite you, encourage you, um, make you feel um, comfortable with if you'd rather sit, if you'd rather stand, if you'd rather kneel. The important thing is we want everyone to um, encounter the living God this morning. Amen. Well, let's continue singing. Praise your name.
Jesus, we're looking towards that day. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. We long for the day to worship you face to face. But for now, thank you for your presence here among us. Thank you, Jesus, we worship you. You alone are worthy for endless days. Endless days, we will sing your praise. I don't know what kind of week you all have had, but he is on the throne. He is not up there pacing the floors of heaven, wringing his hands over what to do, what's going to happen in the White House or in the government or in the schools or whatever you've been concerned about this week. He is in charge. He is our sovereign God. We can trust him. He is utterly trustworthy and faithful. Let's continue worshiping him. He is great. Great are you, Lord.
Lord, we're amazed. We're amazed of the perfect, holy God that loves sinners like us. Before we even acknowledged you, we are amazed by your great love for us, by your relentless pursuit of each of our hearts. We stand in awe of you and who you are. We are your people. We are your church. We want to be your hands and your feet to those around us. We love you. We pray this in Jesus' name. of our children's department so that way you can see all the happenings that our children get to do on our Sunday mornings when they attend church. Come along with us and that way you can see what opportunities there are that you might feel led to do. So let's go check it out. Here in our children's ministry, we have four different age groups that people can volunteer with and that our children go to. We have our infants through three years old. We have our pre-kindergarten class, which is four and five-year-olds. We have our kindergarten through second grade class. And then we have our third through fifth grade class. We also have a lot of amazing events throughout the year that we would love your help with. Throughout our time here in the children's ministry, we actually start with our pre-K, through fifth grade in worship because we feel it's really important for our kids to see how us as adults and families worship together. From when the tithe announcement comes, then they come back here to our children's ministry and enjoy time with their teachers and learning about Jesus, playing games, and even getting to do some crafts. Now we're going to actually listen to some of our volunteers and why they choose to volunteer with our kids in our children's ministry. Um, I'm Skylar King. I help in the um, nursery for the children's ministry, and I decided to do this as part. Like, I just remember everyone who helped me when I was younger in church and how much fun that was for me. Um, and I also love kids, so like it's just really good to be able to like pass some of that on and experience it myself um, and give back. Hi everyone, my name is Christy Madewell, and I volunteer in the children's church with the preschoolers the fellowship and community within this church has meant a lot to me and a lot within my journey. And so the opportunity to be of service and uh, give back within our fellowship is the other reason that I really enjoy volunteering at the Children's Church. Hello, my name is John Bartlett and I help in Children's Church on three through fifth grade. I like to see the look on a child's face when they learn something good and proper and feed it back to you. I'm delighted to see that learning take place. Proverbs 22.6 Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Hello church family, my name is Candy Gilmore, and currently I teach the kindergarten through uh, second graders here at the church. I love to teach the kids to um, help them learn more about God and not only my own kids, but um, all of your children as well and not only about his love, but um, To know the truth and to know what he wants 
for us and our lives and for them to one day um, share with their families as well. We are going to be having an all-volunteer meeting and training on Sunday, March 8th, right after church services here in the chapel and the children's ministry area. We will be providing lunch for you as well. This is for all current volunteers, potential volunteers, and if you are just feeling led to help us in any way throughout our year in the children's ministry. You can give me a call or send me an email and let me know if you have any questions or would like further information. Looking forward to seeing you as many people there as possible because it is a fun time that we do have here with our kids. Jesus loves me, this I know. Jesus loves me, this I know. I won't forget the Bible says that he loves me. Hallelujah, that amazing, yes. <clears throat> Yes, we want to invite our ushers to come forward now as we are able to continue worshiping through our giving this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for what you're doing in our church family, and our children's ministry, for what you're going to do. And our giving this morning is a key ingredient to help continue supporting um, the work of the kingdom that's happening in our children's department, in our church as a whole, and in our community. And uh, so we bring our tithes and our offerings to you now with anticipation of what you're going to do with them. Take what we have to offer you today, use it, bless it, multiply it, accomplish your kingdom purposes with it, build your church with it, we pray in Christ's name, amen. Oh, and kiddos, come on up here, and uh, you can bring your offerings up here and put it in your bucket, and then you can follow Miss McKenzie. Okay, you just follow follow her around. So we're trying to get God's perspective on various things so far this year, 2020, getting God's perspective in. Uh, I'd like for us to talk today about God's perspective on His will for our lives. One of the conversations I was having this week, I was just poignantly asked, how do you know if it's God's will or not? I think it's a, a great question, and I think it's one that every believer should want to know, should want to press into and, and understand. Romans 12, 1 and 2 give us really some of the best, uh, some of the best advice on testing and approving God's good and pleasing and perfect will. And it begins with the word, therefore. So when we see the word, therefore, therefore, we have to 
understand what has already been communicated, what has already been talked about, because that sets the stage for what is about to be said. Therefore, what Paul has done in the previous 11 chapters is he simply laid out an argument for salvation by grace and mercy. See, the system that was in place up until this point or up until Jesus' death was you come, you offer sacrifice, and then you receive grace and mercy. When Jesus dies on the cross, he, 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 not, he just doesn't just fulfill that, but he sort of reverses it. Now we come into relationship with God because of grace and mercy, not because of sacrifice. But look what Paul's words say. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So there's a, there's a flip-flop that happens. It used to be that sacrifice preceded grace and mercy. Now grace and mercy precedes the sacrifice. The call to us is that we are to be living sacrifices. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, the beginning point of knowing and understanding and testing God's will is salvation. You cannot begin to know God's will if you have not accepted Him as Lord and Savior in your life. You can't even really begin to know what He has for you until you get to a place where you say, I'm a sinner and I need a Savior and it is Jesus and what He has done for me on the cross. Therefore, in view of God's mercy, that's that's the argument that Paul has laid out through the first 11 chapters. And then he goes and he, and he begins to talk about this thing called becoming a living sacrifice. If step one is salvation, step two is sanctification or, or surrender. Coming to a place in our journeys where we just we kind of lay it all at his feet. Whatever it is that you have for me, Lord. When you saved me, I, I, I gave you a, a portion of myself. And as I've been journeying with you, he talks about this wrestling match in, in, in chapters 6 and, and 7 and, and 8 where, where there's, there's a struggle going on. And it's, it, it's a struggle that we all have because our human nature is... It, we're, well, we're, we're born with it, and, and there's this, this human nature thing that's taking place, but when we invite the Spirit of God into our lives and we become saved, then there's sort of this tug of war, this, this struggle with who's going to be Lord of this? Who's going to be Lord of this? Is it going to continue to be me, or am I just going to get to a place where I can let go and let God have all of me? Therefore, in view... In view of God's mercy, offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. We came into this space today to worship God. The encouragement of Scripture is that true worshipers worship in spirit and in truth. That when we show up in, in a space like this, at a time like this, that our lives have been lived out throughout the week as living sacrifices. That we've been walking in the light as 
he is in the light, that we've been experiencing his presence and his power, not just on Sunday mornings, but throughout the week and and all aspects of who we are. Living sacrifices. Do not conform any longer to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If step one is accepting Christ and His grace and His mercy, and step two is surrendering because of His grace and His mercy, the third phase is the warfare that happens in our minds. Allowing the Spirit of God to affect and infect the way that we think, the way that we view life, the world, ourselves, our, our, our spouses, our children, our parents, our neighbors, even our enemies. And if some of us are honest, some of our enemies I've already listed off. They might even be in our families. Conforming no longer to the patterns of the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds, allowing God to change the way we even think. Because the truth about us is the way we think affects the way we behave, affects the way we speak, affects the way we react the way we think, conforming no longer to the patterns of the world, but, but being transformed by the renewing of, of our minds, becoming saved and surrendering, becoming sanctified, and allowing the Spirit of God to change and affect and influence the way we think, so that all those things lead up to then, then we're able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. How, how, how often are you considering and wrestling with what God's will is for your life? I mean, is it something that even really matters to you? Do you, do you wonder about it? Are you, are you wrestling with it? Are you, are you in a place in your journey where you are walking this out, where you're, where you're testing it, testing it and, and, and trying it? And that's been happening in our family. For a couple of months now. Sarah and I have been wrestling with God's will for our lives. 
feeling a stirring in our hearts and our minds and our spirits. Trying to walk out what, what is God's perfect will for our lives and how do we test and approve that? <clears throat> See, in the, in the Church of the Nazarene, and we're a part of the Church of the Nazarene, worldwide church, we're a part of the Colorado district of the Church of the Nazarene, meaning all of the Nazarene churches in the state of Colorado are part of one district. And we have a district superintendent. And his job, like all district superintendents' jobs, one of the main things they do is they, they try to find pastors to partner up and, and, and fill, take over churches. That's how we came to be your pastor here almost 15 years ago. The guy before me, Pastor Dan, resigned, and Woodland Park Church of the Nazarene needed a pastor, and we were feeling a stirring in our hearts. And the Lord brought us here, and for the last 15 years, we've been doing awesome ministry together. We got a call from district superintendent in Houston, Texas. I've been getting calls all along, and every time I get a call, I'm testing and approving God's good and pleasing and perfect will, and it never even gets past the first door. And I'm like, no, this is where we're supposed to be, but there was something different about this call. And as we begin to talk and pray and seek, it became evident to us that the Lord is leading us in this direction. And I wanted to tell you face to face this morning that we'll be moving to Houston in March. Our last Sunday with you as your pastors here will be the first Sunday of March. It's, <clears throat> I don't know, I think it's one of the hardest things that we've had to do. This church has become our home. You have become our family. We have deep roots. It's the only place our kids have known. But see, when you're testing and approving God's good and pleasing and perfect will, sometimes it means that there's, there's, transition that can happen. And I, though I'm sad to be letting go, the, and hopefully you're sad to be seeing us going, um, the truth is there's a future here. See, yeah, this, okay, so it might be the the end of a season or the end of an era or something like that. The fact is, just as there was a transition where I received the baton from Pastor Dan, I'm, I'm handing the baton off to the next guy. There's a continuation of kingdom work that will take place here. If God's good and pleasing and perfect will for us is to make this transition, it has to be His good and pleasing and perfect will for you as well. That there's 
that there's someone following me, us, who can take what we've accomplished here and continue to run with perseverance the race marked out for Woodland Life Center. God has astounding things ahead for all of us. Someone said, you're moving to Houston. That's the armpit of America. I said, well, we're going to be the deodorant. All I know is I I have to do what God is calling me to do. We, We all have to do that. when we say yes to God, when we surrender to God, when we're, we're walking out what being living sacrifices is and what it, what it means. Sometimes there's radical steps that he calls us to take. And uh, this is about as radical of a step as he's ever asked of me. Sarah, would you just come? I just want you to stand here with me. We want you to know that it has been an amazing privilege to be your pastors. Thank you for allowing us 15 years of, of serving and digging into the word and worshiping together and struggling through life together. We've, some of us have been to hell and back with our life journeys. And when it comes to the kingdom, this really isn't, it's not like we're saying goodbye. This is a definite, hey, we're going to see you later, right? Because there's eternity before us as followers of Christ. Our hope over the next few weeks, the last few weeks that we have together, we're going we're gonna to press as hard as we can to uh, make sure that everything is in place, all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted, so that the ministry of Woodland Life Center won't collapse. It's not going to fall apart. It, it's going to continue. We we have a great interim pastor that has agreed to step in and, and, and carry this church family through while, while the church board and the membership here begin to pray and to seek the face of God on who the baton gets handed off to. We have great worship leaders that have committed to stepping in and, and continuing the environment, the atmosphere of worship that's been created here. Thank you for your understanding. I, I'm, I'm sorry if this has been a bombshell. 
there's just no easy way to, to talk about this, to share what's happening, but we uh, want you to know that, that God is in this, and, and I believe that he will, will, will seal this in your hearts and your minds. You'll, you'll, you'll experience um, the truth of that in, in, in your heart and your mind as, as we're experiencing it in ours. Can we, can we just pray with you right now? If you'll just close your eyes. <clears throat> Jesus, we honor you today. We honor you with our, our lives being lived out as living sacrifices before you today. <clears throat> All of us wanting to know and experience your good and your pleasing and perfect will. We all want that. Each one of us wants that individually. Every married couple in here wants that for their relationship. And every family unit in here wants that for, for their lives as well. And this church family as a whole wants that. So we press into that. We seek after it. We, we pray through it. We desire to know it. And we we will test and approve what your good and pleasing and perfect will is. It's not, just, it's not just a clever mission statement that our church has, but it's just scriptural, foundational truth, reality. We celebrate what you have accomplished so far, and we, and we thank you and we celebrate in advance what you are going to do. We love you, and we live for you, and it's in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I've asked Pastor Greg to come and do the benediction today. Let's all stand. Father, I thank you that we realize that Pastor and Sarah and their, their family is in your will. And, Father, we, we can accept that in time. And, Lord, we, I, I want us to understand that as a congregation that we are still in your will. We are undergirded. By your arms, you will lift us up with your wings. And Lord, that you will give uh, the board wisdom and grace in these next few weeks. And Father, I pray that you would encourage us. God, help us to be a people in a church that you have called us to be. A people in a church that always build up and never tears down that always encourages and never discourages a people in a church that will take a message of hope and good news everywhere to those, that, to those that need it. And Father, we pray your blessings upon this congregation and our pastor and his family. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen.